Chapter Eleven of Part Four of The Idiot, Parts Three and Four by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Eva M. Martin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. An hour later he was in St. Petersburg, and by ten o'clock he had rung the bell at Rogozhin's. He had gone to the front door and was kept waiting a long while before anyone came. At last the door of old Mrs. Rogozhin's flat was opened and an aged servant appeared parfen semionovitch is not at home she announced from the doorway whom do you want parfen semionovitch he is not in the old woman examined the prince from head to foot with great curiosity at all events tell me whether he slept at home last night and whether he came alone the old woman continued to stare at him but said nothing was not nastasia philipovna here with him yesterday evening and pray who are you yourself prince lef nikolaevitch mushkin he knows me well he is not at home the woman lowered her eyes and nastasia philipovna i know nothing about it stop a minute when will he come back i don't know that either the door was shut with these words and the old woman disappeared the prince decided to come back within an hour passing out of the house he met the porter is parfen semionovitch at home he asked yes why did they tell me he was not at home then where did they tell you so at his door no at his mother's flat i rang at parfen semionovitch's door and nobody came well he may have gone out i can't tell sometimes he takes the keys with him and leaves the rooms empty for two or three days do you know for certain that he was at home last night yes he was was nastasia philipovna with him i don't know she doesn't come often i think i should have known if she had come the prince went out deep in thought and walked up and down the pavement for some time the windows of all the rooms occupied by rogozhin were closed those of his mother's apartments were open it was a hot bright day the prince crossed the road in order to have a good look at the windows again not only were rogozhin's closed but the white blinds were all down as well he stood there for a minute and then suddenly and strangely enough it seemed to him that a little corner of one of the blinds was lifted and rogozhin's face appeared for an instant and then vanished he waited another minute and decided to go and ring the bell once more however he thought better of it again and put it off for an hour the chief object in his mind at this moment was to get as quickly as he could to nastasia philipovna's lodging he remembered that not long since when she had left pavlovsk at his request he had begged her to put up in town at the house of a respectable widow who had well-furnished rooms to let near the Esmailovsky barracks probably nastasia had kept the rooms when she came down to pavlovsk this last time and most likely she would have spent the night in them rogozhin having taken her straight there from the station the prince took a droshky it struck him as he drove on that he ought to have begun by coming here since it was most improbable that rogozhin should have taken nastasia to his own house last night he remembered that the porter said she very rarely came at all so that it was still less likely that she would have gone there so late at night 
vainly trying to comfort himself with these reflections the prince reached the ismailovsky barracks more dead than alive to his consternation the good people at the lodgings had not only heard nothing of nastasia but all came out to look at him as if he were a marvel of some sort the whole family of all ages surrounded him and he was begged to enter he guessed at once that they knew perfectly well who he was and that yesterday ought to have been his wedding day and further that they were dying to ask about the wedding and especially about why he should be here now inquiring for the woman who in all reasonable human probability might have been expected to be with him in pavlovsk he satisfied their curiosity in as few words as possible with regard to the wedding but their exclamations and sighs were so numerous and sincere that he was obliged to tell the whole story in a short form of course the advice of all these agitated ladies was that the prince should go at once and knock at rogozhin's until he was let in and when let in insist upon a substantial explanation of everything if rogozhin was really not at home the prince was advised to go to a certain house the address of which was given where lived a german lady a friend of nastasia philipovna's it was possible that she might have spent the night there in her anxiety to conceal herself the prince rose from his seat in a condition of mental collapse the good ladies reported afterwards that his pallor was terrible to see and his legs seemed to give way underneath him with difficulty he was made to understand that his new friends would be glad of his address in order to act with him if possible after a moment's thought he gave the address of the small hotel on the stairs of which he had had a fit some five weeks since he then set off once more for rogozhin's this time they neither opened the door at rogozhin's flat nor at the one opposite the prince found the porter with difficulty but when found the man would hardly look at him or answer his questions pretending to be busy eventually however he was persuaded to reply so far as to state that rogozhin had left the house early in the morning and gone to pavlovsk and that he would not return to-day at all i shall wait he may come back this evening he may not be home for a week then at all events he did sleep here did he well he did sleep here yes all this was suspicious and unsatisfactory very likely the porter had received new instructions during the interval of the prince's absence his manner was so different now he had been obliging now he was as obstinate and silent as a mule however the prince decided to call again in a couple of hours and after that to watch the house in case of need his hope was that he might yet find nastasia at the address which he had just received to that address he now set off at full speed but alas at the german lady's house they did not even appear to understand what he wanted after a while by means of certain hints he was able to gather that nastasia must have had a quarrel with her friend two or three weeks ago since which date the latter had neither heard nor seen anything of her he was given to understand that the subject of nastasia's present whereabouts was not of the slightest interest to her and that nastasia might marry all the princes in the world for all she cared so mushkin took his leave hurriedly it struck him now that she might have gone away to moscow just as she had done the last time and that rogozhin had perhaps gone after her or even with her if only he could find some trace however he must take his room at the hotel and he started off in that direction 
having engaged his room he was asked by the waiter whether he would take dinner replying mechanically in the affirmative he sat down and waited but it was not long before it struck him that dining would delay him enraged at this idea he started up crossed the dark passage which filled him with horrible impressions and gloomy forebodings and set out once more for rogojin's rogojin had not returned and no one came to the door he rang at the old lady's door opposite and was informed that parfen semionovitch would not return for three days the curiosity with which the old servant stared at him again impressed the prince disagreeably he could not find the porter this time at all as before he crossed the street and watched the windows from the other side walking up and down in anguish of soul for half an hour or so in the stifling heat nothing stirred the blinds were motionless indeed the prince began to think that the apparition of rogojin's face could have been nothing but fancy soothed by this thought he drove off once more to his friends at the ismailovsky barracks he was expected there the mother had already been to three or four places to look for nastasia but had not found a trace of any kind the prince said nothing but entered the room sat down silently and stared at them one after the other with the air of a man who cannot understand what is being said to him it was strange one moment he seemed to be so observant the next so absent his behaviour struck all the family as most remarkable at length he rose from his seat and begged to be shown nastasia's rooms the ladies reported afterwards how he had examined everything in the apartments he observed an open book on the table madame bovary and requested the leave of the lady of the house to take it with him he had turned down the leaf at the open page and pocketed it before they could explain that it was a library book he had then seated himself by the open window and seeing a card-table he asked who played cards he was informed that nastasia used to play with rogojin every evening either at preference or little fool or whist that this had been their practice since her last return from pavlovsk that she had taken to this amusement because she did not like to see rogojin sitting silent and dull for whole evenings at a time that the day after nastasia had made a remark to this effect rogojin had whipped a pack of cards out of his pocket nastasia had laughed but soon they began playing the prince asked where were the cards but was told that rogojin used to bring a new pack every day and always carried it away in his pocket the good ladies recommended the prince to try knocking at rogojin's once more not at once but in the evening meanwhile the mother would go to pavlovsk to inquire at dana alexeyevna's whether anything had been heard of nastasia there the prince was to come back at ten o'clock and meet her to hear her news and arrange plans for the morrow in spite of the kindly meant consolations of his new friends the prince walked to his hotel in inexpressible anguish of spirit through the hot dusty streets aimlessly staring at the faces of those who passed him arrived at his destination he determined to rest a while in his room before he started for rogojin's once more he sat down rested his elbows on the table and his head on his hands and fell to thinking heaven knows how long and upon what subjects he thought he thought of many things of vera lebedeff and of her father of hippolyte of rogojin himself first at the funeral then as he had met him in the park then suddenly as they had met in this very passage outside 
when Rogojin had watched in the darkness and awaited him with uplifted knife. The prince remembered his enemy's eyes as they had glared at him in the darkness. He shuddered as a sudden idea struck him. This idea was that if Rogojin were in Petersburg, though he might hide for a time, yet he was quite sure to come to him, the prince, before long, with either good or evil intentions, but probably with the same intention as on that other occasion. At all events, if Rogojin were to come at all, he would be sure to seek the prince here. He had no other town address, perhaps in this same corridor. He might well seek him here if he needed him. And perhaps he did need him. This idea seemed quite natural to the prince, though he could not have explained why he should so suddenly have become necessary to Rogojin. Rogojin would not come if all were well with him. That was part of the thought. He would come if all were not well, and certainly, undoubtedly, all would not be well with him. The prince could not bear this new idea. He took his hat and rushed out towards the street. It was almost dark in the passage. What if he were to come out of that corner as I go by and, and stop me, thought the prince as he approached the familiar spot. But no one came out. He passed under the gateway and into the street. The crowds of people walking about, as is always the case at sunset in Petersburg during the summer, surprised him, but he walked on in the direction of Rogojin's house. About fifty yards from the hotel, at the first crossroad, as he passed through the crowd of foot-passengers sauntering along, someone touched his shoulder and said in a whisper into his ear, "'Left Nikolaevitch, my friend, come along with me.' It was Rogozhin. The prince immediately began to tell him, eagerly and joyfully, how he had but the moment before expected to see him in the dark passage of the hotel. "'I was there,' said Rogozhin unexpectedly. "'Come along.' The prince was surprised at this answer but his astonishment increased a couple of minutes afterwards when he began to consider it having thought it over he glanced at rogojin in alarm the latter was striding along a yard or so ahead looking straight in front of him and mechanically making way for any one he met why did you not ask for me at my room if you were in the hotel asked the prince suddenly rogojin stopped and looked at him then reflected and replied as though he had not heard the question Look here, Left Nikolaevitch, you go straight on to the house. I shall walk on the other side. See that we keep together. So saying, Rogozhin crossed the road. Arrived on the opposite pavement, he looked back to see whether the prince were moving, waved his hand in the direction of the Gorohovaya, and strode on, looking across every moment to see whether Mushkin understood his instructions. The prince supposed that Rogozhin desired to look out for someone whom he was afraid to miss but if so why had he not told him who to look out for so the two proceeded for half a mile or so suddenly the prince began to tremble from some unknown cause he could not bear it and signalled to rogozhin across the road the latter came at once is nastasha philipovna at your house yes and was it you looked out of the window under the blind this morning yes then why did but the prince could not finish his question he did not know what to say. Besides this, his heart was beating so that he found it difficult to speak at all. Rogozhin was silent also and looked at him as before, with an expression of deep thoughtfulness. Well, I'm going, he said at last, preparing to recross the road. You go along here as before. 
we will keep to different sides of the road it's better so you'll see when they reached the gorohovaya and came near the house the prince's legs were trembling so that he could hardly walk it was about ten o'clock the old lady's windows were open as before rogozhin's were all shut and in the darkness the white blinds showed whiter than ever rogozhin and the prince each approached the house on his respective side of the road rogozhin who was on the near side beckoned the prince across he went over to the doorway even the porter does not know that i have come home now i told him and told them at my mother's too that i was off to pavlovsk said rogozhin with a cunning and almost satisfied smile we'll go in quietly and nobody will hear us he had the key in his hand mounting the staircase he turned and signalled to the prince to go more softly he opened the door very quietly let the prince in followed him locked the door behind him and put the key in his pocket come along he whispered he had spoken in a whisper all the way in spite of his apparent outward composure he was evidently in a state of great mental agitation arrived in a large salon next to the study he went to the window and cautiously beckoned the prince up to him when you rang the bell this morning i thought it must be you i went to the door on tiptoe and heard you talking to the servant opposite i had told her before that if anyone came and rang especially you and i gave her your name she was not to tell about me then i thought what if he goes and stands opposite and looks up or waits about to watch the house so i came to this very window looked out and there you were staring straight at me that's how it came about where is nastasia philipovna asked the prince breathlessly she's here replied rogozhin slowly after a slight pause where rogozhin raised his eyes and gazed intently at the prince come he said he continued to speak in a whisper very deliberately as before and looked strangely thoughtful and dreamy even while he told the story of how he had peeped through the blind he gave the impression of wishing to say something else they entered the study in this room some changes had taken place since the prince last saw it it was now divided into two equal parts by a heavy green silk curtain stretched across it separating the alcove beyond where stood rogozhin's bed from the rest of the room the heavy curtain was drawn now and it was very dark the bright petersburg summer nights were already beginning to close in and but for the full moon it would have been difficult to distinguish anything in rogozhin's dismal room with the drawn blinds they could just see one another's faces however though not in detail rogozhin's face was white as usual his glittering eyes watched the prince with an intent stare had you not better light a candle said mushkin no i needn't replied rogozhin and taking the other by the hand he drew him down to a chair he himself took a chair opposite and drew it up so close that he almost pressed against the prince's knees at their side was a little round table sit down said rogozhin let's rest a bit there was silence for a moment i knew you would be at that hotel he continued just as men sometimes commence a serious conversation by discussing any outside subject before leading up to the main point as i entered the passage it struck me that perhaps you were sitting and waiting for me just as i was waiting for you 
have you been to the old lady at ishmaelovsky barracks yes said the prince squeezing the word out with difficulty owing to the dreadful beating of his heart i thought you would they'll talk about it i thought so i determined to go and fetch you to spend the night here we will be together i thought for this one night rogozhin where is nastasia philipovna said the prince suddenly rising from his seat he was quaking in all his limbs and his words came in a scarcely audible whisper rogozhin rose also there he whispered nodding his head towards the curtain asleep whispered the prince rogozhin looked intently at him again as before let's go in but you mustn't well let's go in he lifted the curtain paused and turned to the prince go in he said motioning him to pass behind the curtain mushkin went in it's so dark he said you can see quite enough muttered rogozhin i can just see there's a bed go nearer suggested rogozhin softly the prince took a step forward then another and paused he stood and stared for a minute or two neither of the men spoke a word while at the bedside the prince's heart beat so loud that its knocking seemed to be distinctly audible in the deathly silence but now his eyes had become so far accustomed to the darkness that he could distinguish the whole of the bed someone was asleep upon it in an absolutely motionless sleep not the slightest movement was perceptible not the faintest breathing could be heard the sleeper was covered with a white sheet the outline of the limbs was hardly distinguishable he could only just make out that a human being lay outstretched there all around on the bed on a chair beside it on the floor were scattered the different portions of a magnificent white silk dress bits of lace ribbons and flowers on a small table at the bedside glittered a mass of diamonds torn off and thrown down anyhow from under a heap of lace at the end of the bed peeped a small white foot which looked as though it had been chiselled out of marble it was terribly still the prince gazed and gazed and felt that the more he gazed the more death-like became the silence suddenly a fly awoke somewhere buzzed across the room and settled on the pillow the prince shuddered let's go said rogozhin touching his shoulder they left the alcove and sat down in the two chairs they had occupied before opposite to one another the prince trembled more and more violently and never took his questioning eyes off rogozhin's face i see you are shuddering lef nikolaevitch said the latter at length almost as you did once in moscow before your fit don't you remember i don't know what i shall do with you the prince bent forward to listen putting all the strain he could muster upon his understanding in order to take in what rogozhin said and continuing to gaze at the latter's face was it you he muttered at last motioning with his head towards the curtain yes it was i whispered rogozhin looking down neither spoke for five minutes because you know rogozhin recommenced as though continuing a former sentence if you were ill now or had a fit or screamed or anything they might hear it in the yard or even in the street and guess that someone was passing the night in the house they would all come and knock and want to come in because they know i am not at home i didn't light a candle for the same reason when i am not here 
for two or three days at a time now and then no one comes in to tidy the house or anything those are my orders so that i want them to not know we are spending the night here wait interrupted the prince i asked both the porter and the woman whether nastasia philipovna had spent last night in the house so they knew i know you asked i told them that she had called in for ten minutes and then gone straight back to Pavlovsk. no one knows she slept here last night we came in just as carefully as you and i did to-day i thought as i came along with her that she would not like to creep in so secretly but i was quite wrong she whispered and walked on tiptoe she carried her skirt over her arm so that it shouldn't rustle and she held up her finger at me on the stairs so that i shouldn't make a noise it was you she was afraid of she was mad with terror in the train and she begged me to bring her to this house i thought of taking her to her rooms at the ismailovsky barracks first but she wouldn't hear of it she said no not there he'll find me out at once there take me to your own house where you can hide me and to-morrow we'll set off for moscow thence she would go to orel she said when she went to bed she was still talking about going to orel wait what do you intend to do now parfen well i'm afraid of you you shudder and tremble so we'll pass the night here together there are no other beds besides that one but i've thought how we'll manage i'll take the cushions off all the sofas and lay them down on the floor up against the curtain here for you and me so that we shall be together for if they come in and look about now you know they'll find her and carry her away and they'll be asking me questions and i shall say i did it and then they'll take me away too don't you see so let her lie close to us close to you and me yes yes agreed the prince warmly so we will not say anything about it or let them take her away not for anything cried the other no 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 so i had decided my friend not to give her up to anyone continued rogozhin we'll be very quiet i have only been out of the house one hour all day all the rest of the time i have been with her i dare say the air is very bad here it is so hot do you find it bad i don't know perhaps by morning it will be i've covered her with oilcloth best american oilcloth and put the sheet over that and four jars of disinfectant on account of the smell as they did at moscow you remember and she's lying so still you shall see in the morning when it's light what can't you get up asked rogozhin seeing the other was trembling so that he could not rise from his seat my legs won't move said the prince it's fear i know when my fear is over i'll get up wait a bit i'll make the bed and you can lie down i'll lie down too and will listen and watch for i don't know yet what i shall do i tell you beforehand so that you may be ready in case i muttering these disconnected words rogozhin began to make up the beds it was clear that he had devised these beds long before last night he slept on the sofa but there was no room for two on the sofa and he seemed anxious that he and the prince should be close to one another therefore he now dragged cushions of all sizes and shapes from the sofas and made a sort of bed of them close by the curtain he then approached the prince and gently helped him to rise and led him towards the bed but the prince could now walk by himself so that his fear must have passed for all that however he continued to shudder it's hot weather you see 
continued rogojin as he lay down on the cushions beside mushkin and naturally there will be a smell i daren't open the window my mother has some beautiful flowers in pots they have a delicious scent i thought of fetching them in but that old servant will find out she's very inquisitive yes she is inquisitive assented the prince i thought of buying flowers and putting them all around her but i was afraid it would make us sad to see her with flowers round her look here said the prince he was bewildered and his brain wandered he seemed to be continually groping for the questions he wished to ask and then losing them listen tell me how did you with a knife that same one yes that same one wait a minute i want to ask you something else parfen all sorts of things but tell me first did you intend to kill her before my wedding at the church door with your knife i don't know whether i did or not said rogojin dryly seeming to be a little astonished at the question and not quite taking it in did you never take your knife to pavlovsk with you no as to the knife he added this is all i can tell you about it he was silent for a moment and then said i took it out of the locked drawer this morning about three for it was in the early morning all this happened it has been inside the book ever since and and this is what is such a marvel to me the knife only went in a couple of inches at most just under her left breast and there wasn't more than half a tablespoonful of blood altogether not more yes 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 the prince jumped up in extraordinary agitation i know i know i've read of that sort of thing it's internal hemorrhage you know sometimes there isn't a drop if the blow goes straight to the heart wait listen cried rogojin suddenly starting up somebody's walking about do you hear in the hall both sat up to listen i hear said the prince in a whisper his eyes fixed on rogojin footsteps yes shall we shut the door and lock it or not yes lock it they locked the door and both lay down again there was a long silence yes by the by whispered the prince hurriedly and excitedly as before as though he had just seized hold of an idea and was afraid of losing it again i-i wanted those cards they say you played cards with her yes i played with her said rogojin after a short silence where are the cards here they are said rogojin after a still longer pause he pulled out a pack of cards wrapped in a bit of paper from his pocket and handed them to the prince the latter took them with a sort of perplexity a new sad helpless feeling weighed on his heart he had suddenly realized that not only at this moment but for a long while he had not been saying what he wanted to say had not been acting as he wanted to act and that these cards which he held in his hand and which he had been so delighted to have at first were now of no use no use he rose and wrung his hands rogojin lay motionless and seemed neither to hear nor see his movements but his eyes blazed in the darkness and were fixed in a wild stare the prince sat down on a chair and watched him in alarm half an hour went by suddenly rogojin burst into a loud abrupt laugh as though he had quite forgotten that they must speak in whispers that officer eh that young officer don't you remember that fellow at the band eh ha 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 
didn't she whip him smartly eh the prince jumped up from his seat in renewed terror when rogojin quieted down which he did at once the prince bent over him sat down beside him and with painfully beating heart and still more painful breath watched his face intently rogojin never turned his head and seemed to have forgotten all about him the prince watched and waited time went on it began to grow light rogojin began to wander muttering disconnectedly then he took to shouting and laughing the prince stretched out a trembling hand and gently stroked his hair and his cheeks he could do nothing more his legs trembled again and he seemed to have lost the use of them a new sensation came over him filling his heart and soul with infinite anguish meanwhile the daylight grew full and strong and at last the prince lay down as though overcome by despair and laid his face against the white motionless face of rogojin his tears flowed on to rogojin's cheek though he was perhaps not aware of them himself at all events when after many hours the door was opened and people thronged in they found the murderer unconscious and in a raging fever the prince was sitting by him motionless and each time that the sick man gave a laugh or a shout he hastened to pass his own trembling hand over his companion's hair and cheeks as though trying to soothe and quiet him but alas he understood nothing of what was said to him and recognized none of those who surrounded him if schneider himself had arrived then and seen his former pupil and patient remembering the prince's condition during the first year in switzerland he would have flung up his hands despairingly and cried as he did then an idiot End of chapter eleven